0: takes it in Perry and back of the goal to the outside now in control wound out by hints for Klingberg one-timer scores! Dennis Back to another episode of the Pond. My name is Colton Paganon. I'm joined here, always by my boy Mike. How are you doing today, bud?
1: Not too bad. Not too bad. Back in Ottawa after a weekend back in in KW. So yeah,
0: what a sand <clears throat> that was a sand yeah. half,
1: buddy. Yeah, yeah. Enjoyed my weekend back in Ottawa, which is unfortunately much colder than than kw is at the moment so yeah and enjoying some swap or uh frost warnings over here but it is yeah, what it is
0: i actually can't believe that man like same province exact same province and yet the the weather difference is i mean fairly drastic it's it's getting chilly yeah. over here but
1: not that chilly no not frost <laughs>
0: warning chilly yeah <laughs>
1: yeah no we're getting down to crunch time hopefully the the next season of NHL and and other leagues can start soon enough because that, we were just talking, me and Colton before before we started recording here, saying Colton was saying, you know, like I'm opening my windows. And I was like, you do it while you can, you know. Where for those of you who don't know, we're recording 5:30 on Monday, so yeah. I was I was saying, you know, not too much longer before that's going to be like that sunset basically. So yeah. hopefully we'll have some sports to get us through the winter here. Yeah, um because it's
0: coming up coming up quick yeah unfortunately we i mean us being uh east well i guess central canadians i don't know what you would call east-ish east-ish, yeah, east-ish. east-ish. <laughs> but that being said we i mean we kind of cherish our summers all like what three four months of it so <laughs> <laughs> this when... year i guess three and a half yeah, so <laughs> I mean, when it goes away, it's sad. But then we're all re- yeah. always uh rocking the t-shirts in like middle of May. So <laughs> yeah,
1: got to start early.
0: Oh yeah. Um, but yeah. So today, guys, we're gonna do a little bit of a shorter episode. Um, just because I have um puppy watch and <laughs> and also because there's a football game on. Not anytime soon like we still got a little bit until it starts but i mean at the same time yeah uh, i got a 10 week old puppy that is just causing absolute havoc so yeah yeah Yeah, fun times fun times but (laughs) anyways mike uh you want to start us off with a little bit of news
1: yeah so um actually a lot of stuff happened this week i gotta say um the the draft hype is heating up here um so People, we got we got draft rankings coming out. Lots of buzz around that, especially for the Senators who have two picks in the top five. That's going to be huge. Number three, um, number five. So, Yeah. So we're gonna have to have to hop on our our pre-draft episode pretty soon. Hopefully, we can get it in uh, right after the the, the finals end um, and get Curtis on here to to chat some prospects. Oh yeah. Um, but so just in the last week, there's been a few trades. There's been a, some awards handed out. Um, so just to start with the awards, we have uh, Bruce Cassidy getting the Jack Adams for coach of the year. Um, this one he was up against, the, the finalists were him, uh, Alain Vigneault in Philadelphia, and uh, John Tortorella out in Columbus. Um, I don't know what you think about this one. I, I, I tweeted it out on on our, our uh, Twitter account, um, but I kind of feel like Lamorello got robbed on this one um if you look at the team that they have like i don't think boston what they they president's trophy winners i don't think people really expected much less than that from them yeah um yeah. not a huge turnover in the squad they went to the stanley cup final last year um so i mean they they i would say just about met expectations um minus a, a deep playoff run i suppose um but what Tortorella did with that Columbus team after losing the stars that they did and Panarin and Bobrovsky in the off season. Um, I was really surprised he didn't actually win it this year. would have been his, I think he would have been tying the record of three different, uh, different wins there. So uh, I don't know what you think about that one. I was surprised that Cassidy and Vigneault were on this list at all, to be honest with you. I mean, maybe that, that reflects their respect within the league. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, like, it just felt like they had so much more to work with than torts.
0: Well, and that's the thing is, like, I feel like this, yeah, this award was kind of one of those things that was just, it was very strange, you know what I mean? Like, you know, coach of the year, you expect it to go to a a quality candidate that has taken a team to the next level. And, you know, there's, there's a ton of, like, there's a ton of options out there. And I feel like it was just, like, Bruce Cassidy just doesn't really, in my opinion anyways, doesn't seem to be the most deserving of this award this year. I know it's not that big of a a deal, but I mean, this is kind of like, like these awards, especially for the coaches are something that like, it's kind of a motivation to push them to, to bring it to the next level or to, you know, I'm not saying that coaches don't want to obviously achieve to the highest ability or bring their team to the next level. But I mean, for some, this is kind of like a motivation, right? So I don't know, very strange. I, I'm totally in the same boat as you. Like, I feel like there's, Maybe four to five other coaches that I would have put up there for yeah, you know, definitely,
1: man. Like, like I don't know, I don't know when the voting cut off for this, so obviously that probably plays a little bit of a role. Uh, but like, uh, fair enough. Look at the look at the Islanders, like yeah, Barry Trotz yeah. doing great things there. Um, even you could go, you could argue Pete DeBoer uh, coming in halfway through the season in Vegas. Their That's true. their win percentage yeah. since he's come in has been unbelievable. Yep. um so there, i feel like there's a few teams there where like it's you could even like, say john
0: cooper too right like yeah
1: totally totally and i feel like coach of the year usually goes to a coach that like see like gets the most out of his team like yep. more than what they would expect right um so that but cassidy takes this one home um can't say he was undeserving given the fact that they were the president's trophy winners yeah, <laughs> yeah. i guess That's true. um but yeah so cassidy takes home the jack adams this next one for GM of the year, Lou Lamorello. I don't really, I I honestly don't understand. Like yeah. I get, I get that he's a great GM. He's had past successes, um, very serious successes. Um, but he's been their GM for what one year? Yeah. I don't. I, there. I feel like there's very little correlation between the Islanders' current success and Lou Lamorello. You know what I mean? Like most of yeah. the players on the New York Islanders played for the New York Islanders prior to Lou Lamorello getting hired there.
0: Right. It was if just, I'm not I would, mistaken, I would say that Trots had more of an impact on the team than exactly, anything.
1: exactly. So I mean, I guess you could give Lamorello credit for bringing in Trotz. Um, like, yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I guess, I guess, I guess that's kind of where where voters went with that one. um and i'm not even sure i don't i didn't even look in i don't don't know who actually he was up against in the final like who the finalists for that were yeah um but so lamorello takes home gm of the year um and then a bit of a controversial one actually uh nathan mckinnon takes home the lady bing over ryan o'reilly and austin matthews um and there was a lot there were a few questions um about the fact that austin matthews got to the was a finalist for this award just given his off-season antics um, between last season and the current season,
0: where he just um, showed his big old shiner to shiner a cop, like holy yeah, fuck.
1: yeah. So, um, and I mean the a few of the answers I've seen from uh, journalists that do get to vote in these. Um, I think it was Pierre LeBrun on Twitter saying that he's always voted for it based on on ice activity, um, that's which, fair is, which is which is I guess that's fair enough. Um, so. <laughs> mckinnon who went one actually ended up with the most penalty minutes out of the three of them the the lady bing being for the most gentlemanly like conduct on the ice um so i i i don't know i I don't know exactly how much penalty minutes plays into that um right but mckinnon had 12 i honestly i was saying to you just before we started here i was most impressed by ryan o'reilly and i i think he's made this list a couple times yeah um the the way he plays to take so few penalties like I don't know what I don't know what his penalty differential is but it's got to be massive yeah it's it's penalties drawn versus penalties taken
0: well yeah it's like if you were to pin any sort of like this you know uh, this kind of an award on somebody that played on the St. Louis Blues that uh, if you look at their run last year they were Mm -hmm. extremely physical and they played that type of hockey so it's like when you got a guy like Ryan O'Reilly who's he's on he's on the top unit for your team and he plays so physical and he gets down into the dirty parts of the ice 200 foot player 100% like guy could be on the pk the pp like anything and and this guy's you know this little yeah. penalty minutes it's crazy to think about but yeah dude i um i mean the award going to McKinnon is <laughs> like it's not you
1: probably love it
0: <laughs> it's just it's another it's another like you know, um, it's like another badge on the vest. You know what I mean? Like it's
1: yeah. It's not like yeah. this is
0: gonna make him you know a better player by any means or anything. Like you know, I know people yeah. go for that heart trophy every single year and and yeah. you know other stuff. Well, too, and like, I
1: think he I think he even said you know like I cared way more about the MVP in 2018, from um, right. right. Than than this you know. Right. And I mean I'm sure having just been eliminated from the playoffs, he's probably not not putting too much weight behind. Um, a, an individual award like that, anyways. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. totally I feel, right there. I
0: feel like I he, he's not gonna he's not gonna truly accept an award unless it's in a Stanley Cup shape. So.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: So, yeah. Um.
1: Yeah. So so moving on from from the awards there, those are those are the three big ones that have come out so far. Um, then we just have a couple of trades. Not nothing. Nothing huge. Nothing groundbreaking. Um Montreal, no, no blockbusters trading no Montreal trading a fifth rounder to Carolina for uh defenseman Edmondson um he I don't know anything about um, so take that as you will. I don't know if you have anything to add on that one,
0: yeah, um, um not really like
1: I yeah don't know, just yeah, fifth rounder, you're not losing a lot of draft potential there, so. No. We'll see if he can if he can crack the roster next season. Yep. Um, a little bit of a bigger one. Pittsburgh uh, trading Nick Bugstad to Minnesota for a conditional 2021 pick. Um, not sure what the condition is on this one. Um, I'm on HockeyDB DB here, and it's not it doesn't have anything yet. So right. I guess that's that remains to be seen. Um, but Pittsburgh will be holding on to an undisclosed amount as of yet of his 5.25 million cap hit. Um, so, and this, this goes into a topic we'll, we'll jump into in a minute. Um, but Pittsburgh dumping some cap here, um, getting like making some cap room, not necessarily looking to fill that room um, as right. we'll get to real quickly. Um, two more, two more things here. So uh, Borowiecki, Borowitzki I have no idea how to say his name.
0: Yeah. It's with the is Is
1: looks, yep. looks like he's leaving the senators. Oh really?
0: Um, wow! I yeah. didn't even hear about this.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's—I don't think it's a done deal yet, but it's not looking good between the two cl- or, uh, between him and the club. Right. Um, I think he said he's moving on. So, and I mean, we all know Eugene Melnick's not going to overpay anybody. Never mind Boriewetski to to stay with the club. So, right. Yeah. Um. I mean, he. I think he's been an integral part of their rebuild, having that like kind of leadership. He's been great in the room. Um, hear nothing but good things about him on and off the ice. Not like your high end talent sort of guy. Um, so I don't imagine it's a piece that they will really severely miss. But yeah. might be might be a decent addition for a team looking looking to take a cup run here. So
0: yeah, I mean, um, guy, guy's a, a beast, like a fourth line beast. I. For anybody who doesn't know too much about this guy, there was a story that came out. I think they were in, like, Vancouver or something, and he straight up, like, stopped a robbery from happening. Yeah. Like, I I think he was, like, a guy that was on a bike or was biking away or something. I was biking past him, and he, like, clotheslined him. Or maybe he was running. Maybe the bike just came out of my mind. But, um, yeah, he was, like, running away, and he clotheslined him. And then the cops showed up and while he, like, pinned him down and shit, so... Guys, just like guys, just a certified beauty. Like,
1: yeah, and I mean, ten years with the Senators, he obviously hasn't seen much success other than that one Cup run, which was basically just Eric Carlson. Right. Um, (laughs) So his agent has said uh, he's set to test free or uh, the waters of free agency here. Uh, First time in his career, shitty year to be doing it, just because of the, the finances going on around the league now. Um, but it looks like the Senators wanted to lock him up uh, and weren't able to to get that done. So it'll be interesting. He probably won't bring a huge cap hit. He's someone that maybe won't suffer a ton um, from teams trying to kind of restrict their spending a little bit. Uh, and as we said, like a a good depth addition to a lot of teams that that are looking for grit um, grit on yeah. the back end, like I mean, you look at some of the players on the Islanders. Borvietsky is that type of player um so you know maybe I, I mean I don't know if he wants to stay in southern Ontario Toronto might be a good example um oh they, and they would eat yeah. him up man they would yeah, love plenty. that oh yeah so there's there's plenty of teams out there I think he's left-handed um so he they Toronto specifically has a fairly um saturated left decor um, but plenty of teams around the league i'm sure sure will be interested in at least asking questions about that one. um oh, yeah, and then finally, here we have the Calgary Flames have officially hired Jeff Ward as their head coach, removing the interim tag that he was given near the beginning of this year i don't even remember if it was before the season started it was so long ago
0: i think it was during it was just when bill peters got fired for the whole uh, racist comment thing or or yeah with um yeah yeah with ali (sighs) i I forget his name uh i can't remember his name Nakim Ali. Yes, sorry. I, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you were, I was talking while you said that, and I didn't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, did he just... I just yeah, thought about it. I was you like, had, wait. Me, you <laughs> had me thinking there. I was like, oh, damn. You really... Like, did I, I first... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. No, it feels like it happened so long ago, man. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, yeah, I think this is probably a good move. I don't know what else Calgary was... Uh, I mean, what other move do you make in this case, right? Like, the guy was an in- interim coach, right? You gave him a shot. Mm-hmm uh mm-hmm. i think it wouldn't it definitely fell more on the players this year than it did the system in terms of them not being able to uh even uh make it past that first round if yeah. you don't count the plans but you know you know what I mean.
1: but, <laughs> we won't for the purposes of this we won't yes so,
0: <laughs> but yeah i don't know i i think uh calgary has a long way to go and mm-hmm. i don't know it's more like i said an internal thing uh with their players uh maybe the gm is going to have to make some decisions if this next year doesn't work out because i i mean other than that i don't think that calgary is even relatively close to a cup right now so no
1: well and that's that's what i like i I was gonna say exactly that like what kind of player um like what time of what type of team is he gonna have to work with next season you know how (sighs) many how many if any of those core players that he had this past year uh will get moved Um, and will their GM be able to parlay that into improving the squad or, you know, cause especially in Canadian markets, like you get so much pressure, like a star player has a bad season or even like a bad 20 games and like people are calling for his head left, right and center. Um, so, you know, like the obvious one is Johnny Goudreau. Um, but I mean, this guy is not a bad hockey player
0: right no we've right? seen so, him perform it's just you know yeah. he, he tends yeah. to get cold like when when they need him the most which is yeah not what you want from a star player right like you need the yeah. opposite if anything yeah
1: so i mean uh, for a team that has a lot of question marks going into next season i think like locking up your coach having some sort of continuity there probably isn't a bad idea no, that's um good. so that's 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 what's going on out in calgary yeah um And yeah, so the big thing, going back to Pittsburgh dumping some cap, uh, we have seen reports coming out from uh, Frank Saravelli with uh, TSN, basically reporting that a bunch of teams, potentially up to 17 teams, are looking at uh, instituting an internal cap ceiling for the coming season, potentially the following season. Um, but that I think will will be a touch and go go thing, because of the lack of uh, income or um, like flow because of COVID. Um, teams are I think a little crunched for money. A lot of teams are, especially small market teams, uh, and so they've started. They've asked a lot of teams have asked um, coaching staff, front office to uh, take uh, salary reductions. Um, of usually around 15, 20%. Um, some teams have accepted that some haven't so far. It looks like the, the Buffalo Sabres are the only coaching staff that refused the voluntary, um, salary reduction. Uh, that's not as bad as it sounds just because 22 of them were fired in June. So they're already paying 22 less people. Um, than any other team probably is
0: that makes sense so
1: so you know you don't you don't really need to to cut the pay of the rest of the guys i think it's just that's just another another brick in the wall of shit show that is the buffalo sabers seriously um but yeah so we're looking a lot of teams uh the the report here from sarah valley says teams are looking at a, a cap uh internal cap of around 70 million um so fairly significantly below the the league cap. Um talking about talking specifically naming Sabres looking in the low 70 millions, Arizona Coyotes maybe looking at under 70 million, uh Pittsburgh trying to get into the low to mid 70 million range. Um so so that that's that's your that Bugstad trade right there, who who hadn't really played a lot for them this year anyway. So Probably a decent move to get some of his contract off the books, even if even if you can't get rid of all of it. Um, but man, talk about a bad bounce for for all like we talked a couple I think the last couple episodes we've mentioned like how strong a free agent class this is, some really big names at important positions. you're talking like number one d men, starting goalies, um like top like forty goal scorers. um and I mean like that this is going to have a huge impact on that there's going to be a huge rock in the in the works here um just because either teams don't have the money to spend or maybe don't want to spend what what they might have otherwise um so it's going to be interesting to see whether these guys get paid whether they end up taking uh shorter deals to try and double down maybe in a couple years get get the money that maybe they deserve
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but i mean yeah, it's going to be really interesting because I mean, I think like back to what we were talking about last week about kind of the cap and tax and how the it it imbalances the the parity across the league. This is one scenario where if those teams that aren't struggling for for cash at the moment are able to get cap space, um, they could have a, like a a much better shot at landing some of these free agents than they would otherwise just because the they might be the only ones that can offer the free agents what they feel they're worth.
0: Right. Yeah, you know what, it's uh it's a very confusing time uh just in general uh in life. Obviously with uh COVID it's completely flipped everything upside down. And we've been living in this mm-hmm. for probably about uh six to seven months now uh for you US people, probably about seven to eight months. Uh, Just because it hit Mm -hmm. there first a little harder. Um, That being said, though, with the cap uh, potentially going down. And this is all, you know, this is all being said as, like, you know, we don't know if this is going to long-term effect, as in, like, uh, Mm -hmm. one to two to three years um, in terms of affecting the cap. But what I do know is that some of these players are going to either get, like, a really good deal out of this, or they're not going to get what they were hoping for me and Mike talks about it uh, before the recording. And I feel like the only way that any of the really big free agents are going to be able to get that money that they deserve is if they take a short deal, like a one or a two year deal and hope that COVID Mm kind of just screws off. Um, But it's, it's tough to, because nobody can give a timeline in terms of when this is going to go away. So Obviously, season ticket holders—they're losing money there, which that's a big one for for pretty much every single team in the league. You got concession yeah. stands that you're like at every single game. Where, I mean, fuck, you're paying twenty-five bucks a beer in Toronto. I don't know about <laughs> other places. Like, yeah. I know it's not that bad, but, um, I mean, you get four beers and you're paying like a hundred bucks. You know? Yeah. So it's yeah. it's you're losing a ton of money there, and then uh, you know just. I mean, the odd ticket sales here and there, like just losing just the fans in the building is like, like even merch sales. Think about it. Like just the, in the, the in-store shops that, you know, the stadium gets a cut of whatever they sell and it's just Mm -hmm. straight up. Like, you know, like people are buying jerseys and jerseys and shirts and hats and, you know, stuffed animals and all that shit, you know, like it's, it's crazy. just how much, even the 50, 50, man, like, like the, it's crazy. Like the amount of, you don't really think about that part of hockey because you're just thinking more about the player aspect or the coach or the staff, but you don't really Mm -hmm. think about just how much money the club itself is actually losing. So it's... Yeah. It it definitely, it sucks because in a time like this, less money is being moved around the whole world in general, which is not good for the economy, but that's like a whole different topic. But regardless... (laughs) But the global economy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Regardless, it's just... This is, like, really, really uh, not upsetting, but it's unfortunate for a lot of these free agent players that are, you know, or even, for example, like, RFAs that are going to become UFAs next year. Like, it's a lot of teams have a lot of hard decisions to make here. And uh, Mm -hmm. hopefully COVID can uh, fuck off so that we can get these guys paid and, you know, get get the money that they deserve. Give them their money. Like, I mean,
1: I hadn't even thought of RFAs, but, like, Matt Barzell, who basically had said that he wouldn't negotiate last year, now is facing either sitting out, like holding out, at the beginning of next season, or being forced to take a discount because the team doesn't have the money to pay him, really, right? right? And then, who's going to want to give up draft picks to offer sheet him at a time like this? Um, yeah, so I, that's, an, that's, a, that's an added wrinkle there um yeah. but you got to feel for people um i feel like the the big the big name is obviously alex petrangelo um i wouldn't be surprised to see see him take like a, a short deal um and just yeah. stay in st louis he's been there his whole career but going down the list like taylor hall's already said he would take less to go to a team that could win that might this might push that even farther you might get a real good bargain there yep tory krug maybe now stays in Boston. He wants a long deal. He wants a lot of money. Can they match that at this point? Dude, I, I'm not even, I'm not sure what their cap situation is looking like, but do they have the cap space? Do, are they willing to spend that? Um, but the big one that stands out for me is Robin Lehner. This guy right. arguably has been the best goalie in the league. I mean, say what you will about Carey Price. Robin Lehner has been on absolute fire the whole playoffs um and he's signed two one-year deals the last two years so this guy is probably sitting there thinking holy fuck what do i have to do to get a contract um and now like i mean like obviously there's a bunch of teams that need a goalie but are do they do they have the money to fork up like this guy deserves the big bucks can't can he get that um so that that'll be an interesting one to look and i forget i forget if it was last episode or if it was over the weekend while i was back that we were talking about it and i was saying you know a team might need to go for like just a bunch of old rental dudes yeah um like i i think i was saying you know toss like a team like i I think it was last episode you know You, you like you take like someone like Jason Spezza, who's taking league minimum to play in Toronto, give him a chance to win, play in his home city. If you can get like three or four players like that on really good deals and they actually produce, Joe Thornton would be would be an example of that. Yeah. Um, Patrick Marlowe's free agent again, I believe. Justin Williams, although he's probably going to retire. Um, Chara. So yeah, I mean, if you can fill out a roster with players like that that are willing to take less. Um, but it's, it's going to be really interesting because this free agent frenzy, which, which it was looking like it was going to go crazy um, and kind of completely shake up the league, may not actually be that crazy. Um, we might see a lot of short deals, um, and it'll be interesting to see who kind of tries to make the moves to, to make those big deals because yeah. like a team like Toronto who really has no problem with cash flow if they're able to dump enough um, cap to be able to give, like, a legit offer to one of these guys, there's no reason that they... Like, they, there's no reason they couldn't. They probably have to get a little bit um, creative with it, but if anybody's going to do it, it would be Kyle Dubas,
0: so... Oh, yeah. They they could make something work, for sure. They've done it yeah. before. They'll do it again. They He's always... Making some weird deals and and you know like this much up front exactly. and this much in two years and this much yeah. in two and a half. Well, like yeah,
1: and that's the thing is they have no problem forking out the bonus money just lump sum. Here you go. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Every. But, uh, I mean, fuck if you're. If you're Austin Matthews' age or Mitch Marner's age, and you're getting like what, like a fat bonus right off the bat, and they're just like, "Here you go, yeah. here's like, here's a ten yeah. mil off the bat," it's like, "Oh, sick, okay, uh, yeah. pay it's me like, whatever, I don't care." Like, like
1: the Carey Price contract where he just took home sixty-five million when he signed the contract or some crazy yeah, that, shit that, that, like that.
0: Yeah, it's so ridiculous. Man. Yeah, so ridiculous.
1: But yeah, I mean, that's enough about the cap. I think. Yeah. Um, some interesting goings on that we'll have to have to keep track of, and then. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about all of that more when we when we get into our draft prep and all that sort of thing. But oh, yeah. we have two we have two three one series here. Um Dallas, Vegas play tonight. Uh New York Tampa Bay play tomorrow night on Tuesday. Um and man, my my Dallas and five prediction's not looking bad.
0: Yeah, I mean it's still possible right now if Vegas doesn't get their shit together, they are going to be going home. And I didn't think that we were gonna get to this spot right here, right now uh but you know uh 2020 September uh 14th uh, man <laughs> we're here and the Vegas Golden Knights are up against the ropes to the Dallas Stars i never thought i'd be saying that sentence in my life but here we are yeah. so yeah um so first i just want to talk quickly cuz last week i kind of went into you know uh how vegas is struggling producing uh scoring and i believe this stat is still uh relevant so i think between i think in this series both teams have only scored like a combined six goals so far or sorry Jeez. sorry uh combined 12 but both teams have scored only six goals in this series so yeah so low scoring Series and and I mean it's kind of crazy because I just don't I it's weird because Dallas last series and I know Dallas has been a very defense like a, obviously known for being a very defensive team right um uh-huh. but last series and against Calgary they they were putting up five goals a night easy like every single night and I know that maybe because they're getting closer to um the Stanley Cup that they're starting to tighten things up a little bit more like even more um but yeah it's like it's goals are not like being scored in, in like at all like it's yeah. it sucks to say that this is a boring series but this has been an extremely boring series cuz when you have Vegas that doesn't like that isn't producing and then you have Dallas where they just play Dallas and it's yeah. it's you're it's like you're watching paint dry man it sucks yeah well yeah and i mean like
1: you look at how dallas played colorado and winning like that was i think the highest scoring series seven game series ever yeah um you think if vegas played played them like that and just tried to outscore them we would have such a fun series on our hands oh yeah um but it's interesting that you point that out about the goals like six each team has scored six goals and yet vegas has only won one game out of four so, you know, that's obviously a three nothing and Dallas has won all the game, all their games by one goal. Um, so, I mean, I feel like I can't help but feel like Vegas has to win at least one more. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, crunch time elimination game. If it's a one goal game, I, I can't help but feel that they'll at least push it to OT and, and, and get get a winner there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Dallas, man, oh boy! I mean, I remember back. I don't remember if it was the beginning of the the last series or if it was when they were down one nothing to Calgary. But they were the uh, least favorite team by odds makers to win the cup.
0: Yeah, out of cool.
1: every team, out of every team.
0: Um, can you imagine somebody hopping on that, just putting like, dude, even putting fifty yeah. bucks on on that? Oh my! God. I wanted to. I should have. <laughs> to be honest, with I how much have. you've been riding them, you definitely should have. You be, you could have yeah, made I, bank. I
1: I didn't believe in myself. Yeah. Fucking hell. That's all but right. uh but yeah. So I mean I think I, I you got to give it to Vegas. I I you got to assume they'll stick with Robin Lehner as well. But how about Anton Kudobin? Yeah. This guy has been lights out, absolutely nutty.
0: He he is the difference maker for this series right now. Um. I mean Ben Bishop hasn't even like been considered to see the net uh, in this series and it makes me wonder if he's going to even get a start or play at all for the rest of um, the foreseeable tournament future I don't want to say that this series is over but if they win tonight then they're on to the final and like if Hudobin gets lit up against Lightning and you put Ben Bishop in a guy who his last start got was like game game five against Colorado where he got just fucking destroyed. And I think it was like three goals in like five minutes yeah. or six minutes. Yeah. Like it was brutal. Yeah. So gets taken out right away. But uh, yeah, uh, Anton Hudobin has been given time, like chances time and time again, uh, just in a backup role throughout the season um, and, and stuff like that, but has never really been given the, Hey, the you're carrying all the load, uh, yeah. and, and you are carrying this team from the back end, you need to do this. He's never had that opportunity. And it makes sense because how would you have an opportunity like that when you have Ben Bishop on your team? So yeah. it's a goalie like this, it, sometimes you need these kind of situations in order to really get the potential out of some of these players. And I think Hudobin has made a, an extremely strong case for him being a number one. Uh, totally anywhere like realistically there are a ton of teams next season that need a number one goalie not a 1a and a 1b and if hudobin can prove for the rest of the playoffs that he can play as poised and as like good as he has i think he could get paid big time and i'm not talking like i'm not talking like you know um like like seven for seven or five for five, like a Marc-Andre Fleury deal where he's just getting a, like a decent, a decent contract for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think that he can get, uh, he can get paid at a team that really needs a goalie like that. So uh, great stuff from Nudoba. And he's been like, like I said, he's been lights out for a long time now, but the real, I think the real problems are exactly what I mentioned last week, Mike with Vegas and their scoring. So the stats yeah. from the last five games, um for all four forward lines for the Vegas Golden Knights, there's one, two, three, four, five. Five goals for the for all four lines. And then on uh there's three goals for for Vegas, which one by Alec Martinez and two by Shea Theodore. So uh, Right. There's, there's a serious scoring drought right now going on in Vegas. And, like, Paul Statsny right now is leading the forwards with two goals and three assists. So, I mean, it's not... Like, yeah. nobody right now is, no. is doing well. <laughs> so No,
1: I mean, and that's a, sort of the thing. Like, back to your Hudobin point I'm with Ben Bishop, like, I feel like if there were a game that you play Bishop, it's the 3-1 game. Like, it would be tonight.
0: Of course. Because right? if yeah. you
1: lose... Then you still have two more games to close it out. Yeah. But do you really want to risk Vegas getting rolling? You know, like yeah, but we saw what momentum does, chance, right? Yeah, on the off chance he has a bad game, they put three or four by him. Suddenly their offense is rolling a bit, um, <laughs> and then I don't. I really don't think you want to play Vegas. Like they're no. on. They're, they're good. So yeah, they, it's a tough one there. Yeah, and they, I was like talking about Hudobin. He's making two and a half this year, right? And he's a UFA.
0: Yeah, so he's he's so. going to be up for for a, a fat contract. Yeah. And yeah, and like you said, you do not want to be playing a Vegas team that's rolling. So it's like if if they can clean up their act and they can start like just getting rolling in the offensive zone, and they can really mm-hmm. start getting buzzing. Like I one hundred percent can see Vegas coming back in this series, but until like until they they you know fix it it's not like I yeah. also this is kind of kind of interesting too so uh I, last episode i was i was talking about how chandler Stevenson, not really a number 1 center right yeah well uh i'm on uh, dailyfaceoff.com right now and i'm looking at the lines and william carlson has moved up to the top line there so yeah. chandler Stevenson down to the third line with alex tuck and nick cousins so uh they're they're trying to toss things up and see if they can get anything going, man. And I don't blame them because right now it's crunch time and if they, like Vegas is kind of putting their eggs all in one basket right now with their cap situation and draft picks and stuff. So if they Mm -hmm. can't get it done this year, uh, the next couple of years are going to be looking a little rocky in terms of uh, uh, how they're going to keep this team together. Yeah, this team the way it is right now? Is a cup contender 100%? 100 yeah, percent they're just not playing I like agree. it right now
1: no no and i mean to your point about like the lines and the stuff first of all william carlson is a great player um but he hasn't really shown that like what did he score the first year in vegas he scored 40 43 or
0: something yeah it was it was a, it, like uh, it was insane yeah so i
1: mean i he's still been good don't get me wrong but he hasn't looked like a 40 goal scorer um no and if if he can get there I mean, in the next two hours before the game, um, <laughs> they, that, that would do a ton of good for the Vegas team. But one, one thing that stands out to me is that they're getting out, outshot by an average of nine shots a game. Um, so that's like looking at the previous couple of series where they were just steamrolling teams. Even if they were like, even the Vancouver games they lost, where Demco just stole it from them, they were like doubling Vancouver's chances, right? Just throwing pucks to the net, and either they have stopped doing that, or Dallas is doing something to to shut it down. Um, and like Dallas is getting the averaging thirty three shots per game, which is also pretty high. Um, so it's not even like Vegas is just getting the chances and not putting them away, and it's like a puck luck thing. They're just not even making the, the same amount of chances they have, which is extra concerning. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I we'll we'll find out soon. But um, if they I mean if they win tonight, I could see them pushing it to seven pretty easily. Um, but again, like we had in the past series, like the team that was up 3-1 won all three of those 3-1 series, right? Right. Yeah. After it getting pushed to seven. Um So, first of all, will they be able to get it to seven? And second of all, will be able to? Will they be able to sustain that type of effort long enough to get over the hump into the conference finals?
0: Yeah, and and we'll see. But uh, right now, Stanley Cup final. Yes, yeah, (laughs) I I knew what you meant. But (laughs) yeah, I mean, just a case of the Mondays, you know. Um, Oh fuck! Yeah, it's it's essentially Vegas needs to wake up right now, and if they don't, then it's over. Obviously. Uh, yeah. but it would suck to see a team that is this entertaining to watch just fall this short um, mm-hmm. coming this far, like looking really good uh, Vancouver. I feel like they, something happened in that Vancouver series to kind of shut them down. But um, even, yeah. even in the one game that they won this series, they looked like truly dominant. So we've, we've seen it before. They just need to get back into their old, like yeah. their old state. This is not the time that you want to be going through a slump. And no. uh yeah I mean they the Stanley Cup hopes in Vegas uh depend on it, so yeah well, yeah. and hey
1: talking about talking about this series maybe maybe going a little bit longer um I mean jumping over to the other, jumping over to the east, um Tampa Bay, looking like they're gonna pull this one out oh. um aren't don't really like no disrespect to the islanders, but this seems like it's a mismatch yes. um and So Tampa Bay, you know, Braden Point left two has left two separate games injured. Um, So you know, they're Tampa Bay looking a little banged up. Um, They would love it if Dallas Vegas went to seven. Oh yeah. Um, You know, get a little bit of rest in there. Um, Get 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 some more recovery time for your top guys that are hurting. It seems like yeah. Um, So I mean. I mean, we we said Tampa-Vegas would be so amazing. Um, and, I mean, I don't really want to look completely past the Islanders at this point, but Tampa-Dallas would be decent, too. I, we've seen Dallas. They can score. Um, they can play fun games. Like, you look, their Colorado series was just insane. Right. Um, so I'm looking forward to it, to it either way. Tampa taking a run at the Cup. Um, this is a team that has been there. Feels like they should have been there last year. Um they have built such an insanely good squad from top to bottom. It's going to be so much fun to see them playing for the cup.
0: Yeah. It's uh is definitely something that I think a lot of people thought that we were going to be like seeing this Tampa Bay squad uh do this last year. Um but yeah. now they improved which I didn't think was possible after last year, like, improving, which... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how can you improve a team that was already so good? Um, so they improve on their already extremely deep squad, and now they're playing like they sh- were last season in the regular season. Um, what a sentence that was. Holy... <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like, Tampa is rolling right now, and they have been for a while. Uh, if Tampa wins on Tuesday, so tomorrow, or mm-hmm. I guess today, depending... Well, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Whenever you're listening to it. Um, if they can get more rest, I feel like it's going to be... It, it doesn't matter who's going to play them, whether it's Dallas or Vegas. Yeah. Whoever has to play them is is going to have us an extremely hard matchup. Like... Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, is that we all knew that Tampa had this team. It's just they always came up short and they always flopped, um, totally. Kind of like Toronto does, <laughs> like, like year in <laughs> and year out, right? So yeah, it's uh, it's I'm I don't know this series right now. Like I heard on the radio today that the Islanders are going to be switch. Like um, Barry Trotz is really switching up the lines tonight. So
1: yeah, I think two players actually left the bubble with
0: injuries: Kunockle and. Yes uh I'm not sure Sezikis. who the guy was right yeah Sezikis and Michael Dalcol hasn't been playing for a while so right yeah
1: Sezi- Dalcol is out tonight or right. tomorrow night I believe yes
0: yeah, yeah. so um got some yeah. got some injuries that they gotta they gotta work around um but yeah dude I don't know the Islanders are in a tough spot right now and it's again it's not even that the Islanders have been struggling. It's just that Tampa has just been playing so, so good. Um, When you're rolling in all three departments, like you got your back end, like completely holding it down. Vasilevsky has been lights out and you go to your D-men and they've been not only scoring for you, but also being extremely lights out. Like when it comes to just shutting down um, the Islanders offense, which I mean, it's not potent, but it's also just very strange to play against if you're an offensive team playing against Mm -hmm. that kind of an attack. So yeah, uh, but yeah, man, like,
1: yeah, like the going into the playoffs. And I think I've said it a couple of times. Like my one concern was, can they play like the type of hockey it takes to win in the playoffs? Um, I was worried about it. I took Columbus beating them in the first round. Right. Um, And they obviously proved me wrong in in short order there. Um, The Islanders are a similar sort of team in a lot of ways that the Islanders are exactly the sort of team that I would have expected them to, to struggle with. And the fact that they're not um, makes them really scary. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, I mean, at this point, like, I feel like Dallas, it's going to take a really strong offensive team and like, They didn't even look that. Didn't look like they took that, took that much effort to beat Boston. So, I mean, it's going to take something special. Obviously, whoever comes out of the West is going to be a good team, Dallas or Vegas. Um, But I mean, we've talked about it. Like Braden Point, first of all, if he's healthy, they're going to be a completely different team. Um, As long, even even if he's not healthy, as long as he's playing. Um, But Victor Hedman, man, playing almost twenty six minutes a night. it would be fun, I will say, to see him go up toe-to-toe with Miro Heiskanen, who's also averaging almost 26 minutes a night for Dallas. Yep. Um, and, I mean, you look, like, having that guy that you can just put on the ice and know what you're going to get, um, no matter where the puck is, no matter what the situation is, whether it's a D-zone face-off, O-zone face-off, PK penalty, uh, power play, so the these these two guys are monsters and Victor Hedman I feel like their last couple of playoff runs has been injured or you know playing injured um and hasn't really been able to show his dominance yeah. and I feel like a lot of people don't watch Tampa Bay during the regular season just because it's Tampa Bay. Yeah. Um yeah. that like at least up in Canada people watch Canadian teams like Toronto during the the eastern time slots. Um so getting getting a chance to watch this guy play at the highest level and just make people look stupid. Like there there's I don't I can't think of one area that I don't feel like this guy is the best at
0: on defense. Uh, seriously. <laughs> and and so, we've talked we've talked a ton about Victor Hedman before, but it's just Yeah. how can you not? You know what I mean? Like yeah. the guy is just so um he's he's just the best 200-foot player defenseman um i mean in the game right now and you could argue that it's close with a couple other guys but um it's it's just we've seen it in this tournament especially that he has just been uh the guy that is reliable uh when you get him out there you know that you're going to be getting a good shutdown D man as well as a guy that just knows where to be and where to pass it to and and he's got a hell of a shot on him too so uh just they got they're lucky that Victor Hedman is on their side that's for sure yeah yeah. Um All right. Yeah. I mean,
1: I don't I don't really have much else to say about this. I think the 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 West could still be a little bit up in the air. I imagine Dallas will still take that. Um and I don't think the Islanders stand a chance in the East, obviously. Yeah. Um Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't know by by the time by the time we we record next, we will be in the Stanley Cup final, I believe. Yep. We sure will. Um So Knowing what you know about about the two two series, who is your pick for the cup?
0: Well, you know, I'm gonna, I'm. It's it's so tough to say, but to be honest, things are not looking good for Vegas. Like uh, I think there was an update not too long ago that uh, Mark Stone actually might not be playing tonight. He might be hurt. So, oh shit! Yeah, that being, he it said he's questionable after uh, blocking a shot from Joe Pavelski. Uh, so it's that's really not good as well. Um, so with that being said, I'm going to have to go to with Dallas. I don't know if, uh, yeah, I don't like, I, I really don't know if Vegas is going to win one more game. Like they might, who knows, they might pull one out tonight, but I don't see them coming back in this series unless they can just somehow get out of the slump that they're in. So I'm going to go mm-hmm. Dallas to go to the cup final. And then I'm going to say Tampa on the other side. But I'm going to have to, like, 100%. I think if it's Dallas versus Tampa for the cup final, it's Tampa. Um, yeah. How many games? That's a good <laughs> question. Uh, I'm going to say, you know what? Just because every time that we've done this, these predictions, I've been, like, fairly, you know, conservative. I've either gone, like, yeah. six games or seven games. I'm going to say <clears throat> five. Five for Tampa. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay, well, I... Uh, I got a little inspiration I, from you as well. Yeah.
1: That <laughs> the, the, Honestly, Tampa's hard to argue with, man. Yeah. They look so good. I can't think of one area where it's like, this is how you beat, beat Tampa Bay. Nobody's shown it to us so far. Yeah. Um. Plus, other than plus, take, take them the five overtimes and then maybe win instead yeah. of losing. And then, then you maybe have a shot.
0: Yeah, but think about it. Also, Stammer. Like, he's supposed yeah, to come back true. for the final. And I know you were saying before... You don't know if like putting him in the lineup when they're already rolling like this is a good idea. But man, mm-hmm. think about it. It's Steven Stamkos. Like the guy is one of the best players in the league. And if you put him yeah. in for a game and he's struggling big time, you take him out. But to be honest, I don't see him having a major negative effect on the lineup.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, as as difficult it is as it is to argue against Tampa Bay, I'm gonna do it here. Um I'm gonna go Dallas. I feel like other than maybe the Calgary series, Dallas, like Colorado and Vegas, I feel like going into the series, it was kind of hard to argue that Dallas was the better team. And right. yet, in each series, they've shown that they're able to win a different way. Um, yeah. You know, they were very gritty against Calgary, they scored a fuck ton of goals against Colorado. And now they're shutting down what looked like one of the best offenses in the league. Um, so I feel like, I feel like it's just, I personally have find it hard to bet against Dallas at this point. I feel like they have so much in their locker that they can pull out in terms of, um, being able to match the play style of the team they're playing. Um, so I'm going to go Dallas. I'm going to say Dallas and six, but I will say I think if Tampa were to win this series, I wouldn't be surprised if they swept them.
0: Really, really,
1: yeah. I mean, I because I feel like the the East and the West, like especially this series, this season, I feel like has the playstyles have diverged so much um, that I feel like if Dallas isn't up to the the speed um, and the skill necessarily um they might just get completely steamrolled. Yeah. Uh and I think if they can kind of if they can keep it close, I think Dallas Dallas has it in 6. If they can't, they're just it's completely done, so. Right. So right. um here to here first Tampa and 4 or they lose.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's a I mean, that's a a bold pick as well. I'm right now I'm going to do a random number generator. I'm going to do one and, between 1 and 2. Uh, so <laughs> we'll do number one as Tampa and number two as Dallas. And we'll see if the internet can pick the Stanley Cup champion. All right. Here we go. Generate and one. So yeah, uh, the Did internet has spoken Tampa Bay. Oh, damn. Yeah.
1: I can't argue with that
0: logic. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> actually, the internet has spoken, right? So yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, uh, this is my uh, next episode, guys. We're gonna be in the Stanley Cup Final. Um, I think it's still to be decided when the game number one will be, just because obviously yeah. we still have games to play potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with that being said, guys, um, thank you for listening to this kind of like, well, I wouldn't really necessarily even call it a mini episode, but it's a little shorter than yeah. what we normally do. Um, yeah. fifty-five minutes we're at right now, so. Not too bad. Uh, but yeah, guys, uh, again, if you have not followed us at podcast underscore pond on Twitter, you need to go and do that right now because every episode we talk about it and, and we're getting we're getting nothing here, guys. We're we're actually posting a lot more, too. Like, I know me and Mike both, we, we log on and we put some random clips and stuff in there. So um, yeah, but with that being said. Um, yeah, just uh, go over to Twitter podcast underscore pond, and yeah, you'll be rolling. You'll be getting updates and cool clips and stuff. So, uh, Hell yeah, yeah. But yeah, anything else that uh, you want to end the episode with, there, Mike? I
1: think that's basically it. Um, enjoy mm-hmm. the week. Enjoy the hockey. Enjoy the warm weather while you can.
0: Yeah, seriously. And
1: uh, we'll be we'll be back next Tuesday with another episode talking about the the Stanley Cup final. I guess.
0: Hell yeah! Hell yeah! All right, guys. Let's we'll- get it. Thank you so much for uh, listening. I was going to say watching, but we are a podcast, so that doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, (laughs) until next week, guys, have a good rest of your week, and uh, peace. Peace, dudes. My name is Jeff.